This Boss Rush Spotlight is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the Boss Rush family of podcasts, head to BossRush.net or our Patreon at patreon.com slash BossRushMedia. Thanks for helping us build something better. Everybody, welcome to Boss Rush Spotlight. I'm your host, the Electric Side ADV. Joining me, special guest from Black Gamer League. You guys, I'm in the presence of awesomeness. He's the one, the only. Blaze 187 Ace. Oh, just known as Blaze. Hello, good sir. How are Yo, you? what's going on, man? I'm glad to be here uh, representing uh, Black Gamer League. You know, we out here uh, trying to spotlight, you know, more people like us out there. You know, um, glad to be on the podcast, man. I'm glad you brought me on. I'm here to chat it up with you, man. Thank you for making time. I know you guys are very busy. You know, it's competition season. Uh <laughs> I just found out that Evo opened up his registration. I'm just like, oh man, this is it's about to get hot in this mug. And I'm shocked that Street Fighter Six is that quickly in Evo, uh, and it's just been out no, not even for a month yet. Yeah, it's like I think it just hit its first month, and two million copies already sold within that uh first month is like incredible. Uh, so Street Fighter is definitely back, uh, according to like what they've been saying with the Evo, um, registration is looking like it's going to be close to like 6,000 people that signed up just for Street Fighter alone and over 9,000 altogether. So Evo is going to be rocking, man. Uh, I am so shocked about that. Uh, and we're, we're going to get into that because. It's still, I wonder, is Smash Brothers still a game that is missed at Evil and everything? You know, uh, ever since, you know, the Sony uh, acquisition and everything, Nintendo has kind of mm-hmm. distanced itself from Evil. So we don't know what's going to happen, but Nintendo themselves are the ones that pulled out. So who knows if it'll ever come back. But I don't think it's at Evil this year. Uh, it, it actually is kind of weird because Killer Instinct is not there anymore, neither, right? Oh, I don't think so. Chaos no more. Uh, everybody was shocked that uh, MK11 uh, made it in, and um, well, they had to bring it in because you got the announcement of MK1, so MK11 coming back in there. I know Melty Blood's in there, of course, you got the big three, which is Street Fighter Tekken and um, Guilty Gear right now. Um, but I think the biggest change that everybody is like, uh, up in arms about instead of top eight is going to be top six across the board. So it's going to be very interesting to see how all this stuff plays out. Oh, oh, wow. Well, before we get all into that, Blaze, I got to ask you, how did you even get into gaming? Like where is your starting point in gaming? Well, for me, gaming has been a part of my life ever since I was uh, five or six years old. 
Um, my mom bought me a Nintendo years ago, so that lets you know how old I am. I'm uh, I'm up there. I'm an old school gamer, 36 years old. So, <gasps> no, you're not. I'm 36. So I've been gaming for a long time. So <sighs> first, first system I got NES. Uh, the first two games I had were Mario Three and Tetris. So Tetris to me is one of my all-time favorite games. Like if I see a Tetris game, I'm gonna play it. Um, that was basically my start. I was hooked ever since. Um, and then I I want to say it wasn't until uh, the Genesis era when I got introduced to fighting games, specifically with uh, Street Fighter mm. Two, like a lot of people did. But the Genesis is the era where I would say like. I absolutely fell in love with gaming because of uh, Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage is my all-time freaking favorite. Like, we're... He, everybody already know that he said the magic words. Like, that's that that's all it took with Streets of Rage. So, right there, if it focuses... The signature edition. I had to get it. I um, I've never seen an edition. Yeah, like when I say Streets of Rage is my favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. When they announced this, and me being the Xbox uh, primary uh, gamer, like no collector's editions ever come to Xbox. So when this dropped for right. Streets of Rage Four, I was like, "Yo, I have to get it because we always yeah. miss out." Yeah, cause so, I, yeah, I ordered has, my. Co- oh, go ahead. The head, this the headband that comes with it. <gasps> they got um these pins that came with it. Oh, those are dope. nice. And as you can see, I haven't opened up any of these yet. I even still have the uh, I even still got the game sealed up. I haven't opened this up yet either. I bought this digitally, so I didn't have to open up the game. Same, and same thing. I got mine digitally, but I had ordered my, I had ordered the Switch version. And then the uh, soundtrack is in soundtrack. here too. And then on my wall, they have a, a piece of artwork that came with it, and I already uh-huh. framed it and put it on my wall. So, yeah, Streets of Rage. If it wasn't for this series right here, I probably would not be like into gaming as much as I am. And actually, Blaze from this game is where I got my name from. Nice. And see, Streets of Rage 2, like, I beat Streets of Rage 1. Loved it. Streets of Rage 2 was just on a whole new level. It's it's still one of the games I feel like Nintendo could never do. Like, it, yep. music-wise, gameplay-wise, level design. I'm like, this is something Nintendo could not touch. I play Streets of Rage 2 on the Sega Genesis, like, like religiously, like, almost every day. And I got to the point where I could use any character on any difficulty, didn't even need the codes, because I knew where all the one-ups were at. Mm-hmm. And I I was just playing that game, like, crazy. And it's it's still so good. So when people mention it, I just, I literally lose my mind because I'm just like, that is one of my top tier of all times, like favorite games. Like it is such a iconic and legendary uh, series. Um, 
Streets of Rage 3 is okay, mm-hmm. but 2, I, I just love 2. Yeah, for me, it's always been 1 and um, 3 was fun because that was the one I played the most with like friends. Mm-hmm. But Streets of Rage 1, it will always be like my GOAT. That was my one. I always remember the first boss being looking like Freddy Cougar. Every time I see him <laughs> with the boomerang, he always reminds me of Freddy Cougar. Um, mm-hmm. But those two girls, those twins, yeah. oh, they was the hardest fight in Streets of Rage 1. I hated them because you. Oh, man. Their hitbox and the hit detection was always off because you would try to go punch them and they would flip back. Yep. Uh, that like, game, like that, there are so many there are fights that I can think about when I was younger where I would always use like the police assist and just have mm-hmm. like the fire rain down because I was like, yo, this is getting a little too hard right now. But that game, uh, it it just. That's that's the series that made me fall in love with gaming. Like, not like full stop. That was the one, and from there, like it just elevated. Like as the years went on, uh, to where beat 'em ups are like my favorite genre of gaming. Cause then you had Double Dragon, you got Battletoads, um, the Power Rangers movie game that came out on Genesis, not the, yeah. not the SNES version, the Genesis version was like goaded yep. to me um fighting force on playstation uh fighting force 2 i love both of those games i wish they would make a fighting force 3 um and then you had like the games like true prime come out which were kind of like beat them ups then you got sleeping dogs which like was the successor to that um, sleeping dogs one of like, my favorite all-time open yes like those those are the games that i enjoy like personally so like in my free time like anytime like a beat-em-up comes out like Mm. uh i think the most recent one that i played um like it was not sifu even though sifu is a beat-em-up it was actually like midnight fight express i think is the name of it and yeah that was on um i don't know if it's still on there but it was on game pass and I tried that out, and I liked it. I didn't uh, finish it because Game Pass just is like a cheat code in of itself with all the games that you get access to. And um, but yeah, I love that game. Uh, you got what is it? The Avengers uh, old school Genesis game, uh, Captain Commando, um, Alien versus Predator, yeah. like the Simpsons beat them up. Like who does remember that in the X Men arcade game? Like it just beat them up for like. Not- Konami that, had it like had it sold up. Yeah, mm-hmm. Konami Konami was the 90s beat 'em up. Uh yes. Alien versus Predator by Capcom. Uh, you know, kind of like the so dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh so, so yeah, so beat 'em ups like that was the genre for me. Like, and it still is to this day. That's the genre for Hold me. On. You never played Nit the Ninja Kids by Tato, have you? Nah. I haven't played it. If yet. you ever get a chance, look that game up. I think your mouth will be on the floor. It's a beat em up, but it's something you're going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> it's it's a game that is out there. Me and my brother, we beat it at the arcades. And ever since I played that game, I was just like, I've never witnessed a wacky beat em up game like this outside of Castle Crashers. And, um, yeah. 
not Eddie Hominid, but mostly like Castle Casters. Um, but man, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, goodness, that just takes me back. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. Uh, well, what game did kind of got you into the competitive space? Um, competitively, uh, you know what? It's not really. I can't really say it's a single game that made me like want to compete mm-hmm. outside of like myself in terms of wanting to just get better. Um, because like you have like the legends, like everybody knows, like you got the Ryan Hearts out there, you got the Jay Wongs out there, uh, and they are like legendary in status for knowing how to play so many different games. Back then, like you just playing in uh your neighborhood with your your homeboys and uh down the street and stuff so i'm out here playing marvel 2 thinking like yo i'm actually cooking people up and then you get older like right now and well i i can say i got introduced to the fgc properly like in 2015 Mm -hmm. and uh i'm seeing how people play these games like that i thought that i was good at and how they playing them now and i was like bro i didn't even know like half this like technique stuff existed like that i'm out here just pressing one button thinking i'm doing something um so i want to say like when i got introduced to the fgc properly which would would be uh it's either ceo 2015 or 2016 it's one of those two and living in orlando like ceo i got lucky that it was actually here and um if it wasn't for me being a wrestling fan i would have never like known ceo existed because of yeah. Xavier Woods being uh was selling everybody that he was gonna be CEO. I was like, yo, what is CEO? I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay, let me go check this out. And the moment that I was there, I'm just looking around, everybody's playing uh Mortal Kombat, playing Tekken, playing Killer Instinct was still around at that time. And I was uh I just got onto like the Xbox One, like not too not too far from that time and mm-hmm. killer instinct was one of my favorite games that i loved playing as a kid uh i didn't have a snes but my cousin did and every time i would go visit him during the summer killer instinct that's all i played that's all i played so when i found out killer instinct was announced that's what made me get an xbox and then once i got to ceo that year and i was like yo people actually like play this like they competing for this and I was like, maybe I need to like start taking this a little bit more seriously. But being introduced to that environment and seeing like all these people just coming together to just play video games like in a competitive sense, it was like, yo, like this is this is kind of dope. This is a community. Like arcades don't exist no more, but you bring in this environment and you just dap up with people the games that you play. They'd be like, yo, you want to play? You want some games? Yeah, you just sit down and start playing. And it was more of the community sense that made me like actually get more involved with it. And mm-hmm. I want to say since 2015 up until now, like I've just been like hitting as many events as I can going to as many locals as I can when I'm afforded the opportunity to do so. And, um, uh, just like, I'm not, I'm not trying to compete with these people. I'm just like enjoying the camaraderie around it. And learning as I go, because 
I like to I like to be knowledgeable of like what I'm doing wrong or like how can I get better? Like I'm always competing against myself more than I am like competing against others. So like yes. right now with Street Fighter Six, like Street Fighter Six, like as fun as it is, it is a very demanding game mentally. Like there's so much that you gotta pay attention to and so much you gotta learn. Like the game's been out a month and today was the first day that I've ever done like any ranked matches because I was still in the process of learning the proper mechanics of the game. So it's stuff like that where you go to the locals and uh, you play casuals with people there and you start to learn how to play the game properly. And like, that's the part that I like. Uh, Watching the competition is amazing. Like watching high level, like anything just captivates Mm -hmm. your mind. Like, yo, this is possible. This is how you do this. This is how they see the game. And like, it's just mind blowing to watch these guys. It's amazing about, you know, just even the history of fighting games that people may not realize, like, for a lot of us older gamers, um, Karate Chimp was kind of the birth of it, with Street Fighter beating, uh, becoming the game to really jump the genre off, and then Street Fighter 2 um, made it the made it what fighting games really should be about, you know, um, then if you go through the history of it, Mortal Kombat had had the violent one with uh, violent violence in it with fatalities. Killer Instinct introduced combos like fast connected, what some people call dial in combos. Um, Virtual Fighter was the three D space mm-hmm. of retro fighting. Uh, Bushido Blade was Love the one Bushido hit. Blade. Yes, it it was the one hit. Uh, fighting game and stuff mm-hmm. and, and then you just you go from there and depending on what fighting game that you was playing they were adding something uh to uh the genre you know um mm-hmm. and it took a it, it literally took a while for people to realize that this is what fighting games can be and then eat how it can evolve because i, I gotta say like Killer Instinct was was a game that no one would expect that Nintendo would have their name on. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a game that rare that rare developed. Nintendo paid for the pay for it to be developed, and Midway did the arcade publishing. Like that's that's so weird that Nintendo would get into the fighting arena space, and then mm-hmm. you know they end up doing Smash Brothers and stuff, and it's just like. It's amazing how if you go through the history of fighting games and even just the ones that we don't even know about that's in Japan, mm-hmm. you would literally be surprised just how much even their history has um, about it and everything. Because I didn't know, like even just Evil, I didn't know about that competition until almost mid-2000s and everything and people just like yeah there's a competition called evil then when i seen the clip of the street fighter 3 with ken and chun lee and the block and stuff i was just like what is this you know like for me growing up um like growing up in the hood you played two games you either play sports or you play fighting games. That was it. That's all you played. So if you ain't playing NBA Jam, if you're not playing NBA Live, if you're not playing mm-hmm. Madden, people will forget about Game Day, uh, Blitz, 
uh 2k came out knockout kings before it became fight night like you played yeah. all these and then when it came to fighting games it was either mortal kombat or street fighter when tekken came out tekken was the hotness um and then once the dreamcast rolled around then you got marvel when marvel came out because like people knew marvel superheroes people knew about yeah. x-men versus street fighter but it wasn't until Marvel 2 when, like, everybody was like, oh, you played this game? They got somebody, everybody in here, like, yo, who is this? Um, and then, like, when you look at the history of, like, how some of these older games are just, like, held near and dear to people's hearts. Like, I played World Heroes, but I wasn't, like, a big, like, SNK guy. Like, I right. played World Heroes because it was available to me. And I was like, oh, okay, I see what this is. I played an art of fighting game. I played, um, Samurai I don't showdown. think I played Sam, I don't think I played Sam Show back then. But the mm-hmm. latest Samurai Showdown is probably like my second favorite fighting game of all time right now after Killer Instinct. It's just that good. More people should play Sam Show. Can't wait for the rollback. But, um, when you see like people getting hype over, um, Vampire Survivor, I mean, not Vampire Survivor, uh, uh, Dark Stalker, Vampire Savior. There we go. Uh, Dark Stalker series. And like, I never played Dark Stalkers back then. I didn't even know that game existed until I I got older. Yeah, I knew they existed, but it was a game that wasn't carried in a lot of arcades. You know, exactly. It really was kind of like you had to go like to somewhere in Cali or somewhere in Seattle if you were trying mm-hmm. to play a lot of those kind of fighting games because like here in the Midwest in Illinois where I'm at we didn't have we didn't have no dark siders but I was reading EGM and everything and that's how I found about this found about this game and I'm just like what is this new fighting game that Capcom has I'm like and I wanted to play it. and it took a it what I think dark siders didn't come to America consoles until what the switch? I don't wow. think it can. Yeah, Darksiders never appeared on any console, I think, until it came to like this generation of consoles, NPT. Yeah, like so like as I've like since I've like gotten into like more of the FGC and seeing like all these games that exist, like mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Melty Blood. I didn't know anything about Uniclear. Like I knew about uh, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue because I came yeah. across those um, early on. I think I had Guilty Gear on PS2, but I didn't know what it was. But I did have it at some point in time because, like, you go in GameStop at those times and you're like, "Oh snap, what is this? Oh, a guy holding a sun gun with a sword." Like, okay, that's pretty dope go and get it played it a little bit but i didn't like fall in love with it and then uh you get older and now i come out and people are like oh they gave a rollback to plus r and all this other stuff and i was like yo people played this game like that back then and you watching people play this stuff and they just mopping the floor like oh my god like people were actually out here with this stuff and mm-hmm. like you said it had to be like something with the region because you know the West Coast in Japan is like right there in terms of like getting stuff in. It was like the easier way to do stuff, similar to like how wrestling is. Like I didn't know if Japanese wrestling existed until like 
a few years ago, but you ask people on the West Coast that grew up, and they like, oh, yeah, man, we watch Japanese wrestling all the time. I'm like, I didn't know this stuff existed. Right. So, like, to discover, like, Melty Blood, which is a fun game. I never played any of the ones prior to that. I still haven't played a Uniclear game. Um, I have I got the Capcom collection with the Dark Sockers in it. And yeah, I'm like, I see why people enjoy these games now. And it's just like fighting games are like just incredible with how so many of them play so differently. Uh, like you said, with Virtual Fighter, like Virtual Fighter is probably one of you th- look at the game as punch kick guard, but there's so many like technical intricacies to that game to where it's like you got to know when to press this, how to press it like the mm-hmm. angles to press it and everything like that versus Tekken where it's just like, oh, you get that counter hit launcher. Okay, then just do your bread and butter right there. Get the wall carry if you got walls on the stage. So it's like it's so many things that you can like learn from so many different games. And this is just freaking amazing to like come across this, that, especially because somebody who didn't know about this stuff growing up and being exposed to it now just makes you appreciate like all the people who were like, put so much time into these games like that much more and i think that's why even if i I, even if i had made a list of like my top fighting games that wasn't like killer instinct or mortal Kombat or street fighter definitely you know like soul Calibur 2 would definitely Mm -hmm. be on that list that one is that one's big um I, I wanted to say, even though I said you can't add Street Fighter 3 uh, or anything, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, a game mm-hmm. that people people didn't know about and they said it shouldn't fail, but yet it is, to me personally, still to this very day one of the best Street Fighter games. Mm-hmm. I, I skipped, I haven't played 4, I haven't played 5, I didn't get, I decided not to get 6 because I waited for Tekken 8, uh, Tekken 8. Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the new. That new Tekken Eight just looks ridiculous. I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, this is buttery smooth. And I think something about Street, not not a Street Fighter Six or anything, but I'm like, why does this still feel just like, just old to me for some reason? I don't know. Maybe it's something I need to pick up and learn because it's a new direction for Street Fighter. And I think I can we're looking at. Oh, go ahead. I can. I can tell you right now, Street Fighter Six is Street Fighter in name only. Um, the stuff that you can do in Street Fighter Six mm-hmm. is just is mind blowingly like insane because of how they added the drive gauge. Like that changes up the whole game plan and everything that you used to have because you can extend so many of your combos with that. Uh, because it's basically a combo canceler slash extender because you're doing one combo, you time it right, bam, you got another combo just going right in after that. Um, but it also lends to your defense and so many other things like that. And then um, Mortal Kombat 1 is coming out in, what, like three months or maybe less than three months now. Mm-hmm. And, and you see how they're switching it up by making it uh, an assist fighter. So it's like all these games are like expanding on terms of what they're doing. Now you got Tekken where you used to be getting rewarded for playing defensively. And now they're just upping it to where, okay, y'all used to play defense. Now it's going to turn into all out offense right now. So it's like 
every game is evolving. Uh, Strive is basically the first Guilty Gear I played to where like I tried to understand what it is, and I freaking yeah. love playing Strive. The hardest part for me in Strive is like finding a character that I actually like to use, but it's an incredible game. Uh, just like everybody else, like I'm just waiting for Tekken 8 to drop. Um, I buy all the fighting games. Like, there's a fighting game that comes out. I'm pretty much gonna buy it if it's available to me. Like, I bought uh, I bought Nick Brawl, um, which is a great game that I wish like would have like taken off even more. Uh, I bought Omen of Sorrow. I bought Phantom Breaker Omnia. Like, I didn't even know that was a series, but it came to Xbox. And I was like, yo, you know what? Any fighting game come to Xbox, I'm going to grab it. Um, because, you know, Xbox was like, it was abandoned when Street Fighter, like, skipped out on it. Um, I'm, still, I'm still holding out hope for a new Killer Instinct. But it's, I just love what fighting games bring in terms of, like, diversity because not all of them are the same they're all different they're all their own thing uh, i wish dead or alive would get more support than it has uh because that's an actual like fun game to play as well and like it's just it's you just learn to appreciate like when you're at these events and you see like you got the anime community, but the anime community is like spread out into like the Blaze Boot guys, and then you got the Guilty Gear mm-hmm. guys, and then you got um the Melty crew. Like everybody plays a different game, and no two games play the same. And then certain games, like you'll have a mirror match, but nobody plays those two characters the same. And it's just like that that type of diversity is something that you only get in fighting games, and that's what makes it incredible. And I love that so much. It's it's choreography for gamers. It's a mm-hmm. dance routine for gamers that is just very entertaining because regardless of who wins or loses, you're engaged and just seeing the fight and seeing who is going to pull off what and everything being unpredictable. Mm-hmm. But it's all still a, just a choreographed, choreographed dance between two people playing these characters and everything and even characters you think is the weakest or no one really no one really cares about there's someone who's an expert in that character mm-hmm. and when you see them in action you be like what the hell i didn't once you start saying i didn't know that's exactly. when you get more engaged and, and interested into learning that fighting game and stuff the proper, that's why, the proper uh, Friday games. That's why um, when Sonic Fox busted out uh, Captain Cold and Injustice, everybody was like, yo, Captain Cold can do this, but nobody could replicate the way that Sonic Fox played um, Captain Cold. And then um, the one year you had a bear winning Tekken World Tour, like everybody was like, yo, bear is a low tier. But yet, here you go. You got that one person somewhere out there playing a character that everybody's saying is bad. And then mm-hmm. they're just going to show up because nobody knows how to fight this character. I think one of the more recent examples was um, Mono with Fang in um, Street Fighter V because nobody like took Fang seriously. Everybody thought he was a joke character. And here he is. He comes in and starts dominating with the character. And everybody's like, yo, like Fang, like, Fang might actually be a little bit more legit than we thought. So 
that's that's just one of the beautiful things about fighting games. Like, there's always somebody out there that's going to know how to use a character that you think can't be used. Exactly. I I know. Um, recently, there I think there was a TikTok or a short on YouTube of this guy. He ended up losing, and then he ended up like swinging on like the other player. And oh, everything. that was the CEO. I was there. Um, so. I wasn't in the vicinity of like where uh-huh. it happened at, but I was like in the venue area and then all I hear was like, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. And I was like, yo, what happened? And then the video started circulating online and your boy got salty. And I was like, everybody was like, he's 16 and blah, blah, blah. I was like, bro, you can't bring that to a competitive environment. Like you lucky like you were in a big a big enough event like CEO where like there are more people there to like calm, like to diffuse the situation. Yeah. You're, if, you, if you're at a local event and you do something like that, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be cops called. There's going to be like property damage because you're, you're going to end up like hurting somebody seriously. And you, you can be salty. Like, Everybody's gonna be salty. Nobody likes to lose, especially when you, when you pay your money to compete. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be mad if you lose. Like, no matter what. Like, I will pay to support versus me competing. That's what I look at when I register for like anything that I do. I look at it, yo. I'm helping to support the the community to keep growing. But those right. are there are people out there who just like think that. What is it? Um. Tana Prime, KP, one of the, like my favorite dudes in the FGC that I was able to come across. Because uh, like during the pandemic is when I discovered like more like players and uh, commentators and all that other stuff. Yeah, but he's the one that always said you got to remember half the bracket that comes out, no matter how many people in it, half the bracket is going to go zero and two. So. You look at what Evo got going on right now. If there's 6,000 people that signed up for Street Fighter 6, 3,000 of those people are going to go on too. So you got to always keep like reality in your mind like and know what your skill set is. Like I play these games casually. Like I said, today was my first day jumping in the rank in Street Fighter 6 mm-hmm. because I'm still learning the game. And there are people out there already who has like every character at master rank. So I already know, like, if I signed up to play this game, I'm not going to be able to compete with some of these people out here because, yes, there's one person that was able to do this, but there are also people out there who's using only one character and got them to that level. So it's like I still haven't even, like, cracked what these characters can do. So when it comes to, like, competing, if you're going to be a competitor, you have to know what your limitations are because everybody has limitations. Especially exactly. when you're not getting paid to press these buttons, there are people out and, here who's actually getting paid to press these Jay, buttons. And and I think that one of the, that was that's one of the questions that I kind of have for you. Uh, um, it's not the the pay portion and the sponsorship, but it's more of the attitude. Like, where does the negative attitude of losing come from? Where you are acting out and you want to fight somebody or you want to curse somebody out or and make the other player feel bad and just say things 
getting out of pocket. Like, where do you think that is birthed from? Um, uh, thin skin, uh, weak mind, um, undisciplined. And the thing is, like, I've come from a competitive background because I played sports. Mm-hmm. I played basketball. I dabbled in football a little bit. I ran track. And when when you're actually focused on your training, you become disciplined. Um, when I ran track, that was my like best thing. Uh, I would run the 100 and I did long jump. Those are my two things. I would know that if my foot steps over that plank, my jump isn't going to count. I have to know that where my foot placement is as it relates to that plank, I need to be there. I don't care what the distance is that I get. If I make a record jump, but my foot is over that plank, I accomplish nothing. And Mm -hmm. you may think that you've gotten something done, but then the ref tells you, you stepped over that line. You have to learn how to discipline yourself to not be disappointed on the mistakes that you make. Fighting games are the only game genre where you can hold yourself accountable because you're controlling that character on screen. You're the one making the decisions. You're the one pressing that button. The only person that you can blame for your losses are is you. No matter how crazy a character is, because I personally... I hate fighting against Honda players. I hate fighting against Blanca players because they're so, they're like two of the more unpredictable like characters that you come across in Street Fighter Six right now. Mm-hmm. Even then, I can go back and look at um, I can look at Killer Instinct, uh, 2013, and I hated fighting Omen players and I hated fighting uh Shadow Jago players because I used Sidira, who was an aerial player. But these are two characters who can neutralize her in the air. The only person I can blame is myself for not learning how to adapt to, like, how can I get on in this person without them, like, taking away my air, my, my aerial abilities. So it's up to the players to actually, like, discipline themselves before they actually get out there and compete. And for those who can't, like, learn how to do that, then they have nobody to fault but their own. You can't get mad at anybody else for beating you. If you don't take the time out yourself to actually like learn how to do things yourself, because at the end of the day, I don't care who your training partner is. I don't care like what you do at a local. You're the one that's in control of that player, not the controller. It's not the screen. It's not the console. It's you that's pressing those buttons and making those decisions. And I think that once people become more, um, more disciplined mentally to know that, yo, it's only it's all on me. You will see less of that, but I don't know how you can really like force feed that into somebody who doesn't Mm -hmm. want to hear it. You have to be, you have to want to be great in order to be great instead of just like wanting to win. I think that's the best way that you could put it. And people should know that winning and losing doesn't mean nothing if you don't want to be great. And that's how I look at it. I I feel like people should train their attitudes in Mega Man. Like, literally oh play, God. just go, go play, literally go play Mega Man 1 without no guy 
just learn because th- I think the thing about it is is that Mega Man is going to defeat you, but you mm-hmm. need to play it so that you can discipline yourself and you can learn patterns. You can learn um, how to defeat enemies, where to jump, and where to have placement and stuff. Because Mega Man games is really a single player fighting game in a sense. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, your special moves you have to earn them. <laughs> and everything you you just don't have special moves at the start of the game. You have to earn the special moves, and once you learn and earn those special moves, then you can be able to play the game and you know be able to humble yourself if you die and everything. You'd be like, oh man, I died. Okay, let's get back into this game. I could do it, you know. Um, and stuff, and sometimes other times it'd be like, okay, let me see what this pattern is. Let me I always tell people if you ever play Mega Man 2 and you go to Flashman stage, be ready because that that stuff is some that level is a hard level mm-hmm. and everything. I you tell uh, if you really want to. You really want to learn discipline? Play Contra. Play uh, Batman and Robin, the Genesis version. That game, oh my god. Uh, that Batman and Robin on Genesis will break you with how difficult that game gets. It is a struggle. <laughs> and, like, I lo- and that's one of my favorite games all time on Genesis. But my God, is that game hard? And um, play Battletoads. Play Battletoads. Oh. If you want to, if you want to, if you really want to discipline your mental capacity, play something like Battletoads, a game that was released unfinished and was broken at launch. And this was before patches and anything could happen. And you just had to deal with whatever the game gave you. So, like, yeah. play games like that. And and I think that's where like a lot of like the older generation will like look at a game and like understand like, yo, I have to learn how to do this because mm-hmm. we grew up with games like that. So yeah, if you want to like discipline your mental, play some play them old school broke games that like had no right being out and being able to be bought because that of how difficult they right, were. That bike ride level on Battletoads will destroy your eyes because you have to focus. And if you got hit, if you didn't meet a checkpoint, and these levels were almost five to seven minutes long, Mm -hmm. if you did not get to a checkpoint and you died, you had to do that race all over again, and you didn't get continues in Battletoads. Mm. Once your game was over, you started from the first level. That was it. Contra... Contra became, well, I guess Contra, not the 30 man code, but I could beat Contra. Oh, yeah, without, one. like, I'm, I'm talking about play without the Konami code. Konami oh, yeah, code I could do that. Konami code make it easy, but, like, you play, uh, what is it, the Alien Wars on SNES? Oh, oh yeah. My God. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Super C? Play Alien Wars on Super Nintendo on hard mm-hmm. to get the true ending. Bro, like a lot of people like just like you like one of the games that frustrates me the most 
in terms of current like generation games is mm-hmm. FIFA. The reason I hate FIFA is because I understand how the game of soccer is supposed to be played. Yes. FIFA is not a game that is programmed for the game of soccer to be played the way it's meant to be played. So a game like FIFA will make you mad because of teammates not doing what they're supposed to do. You can't control the AI. The AI is going to do what the AI thinks it's supposed to do. You can blame the devs on that. A fighting game, you can't blame the devs on something on the fighting game. You can only blame yourself. So you play if you play like something super difficult and you can't bring yourself to go back and play it again, fighting games will not be for you. That's just my that's just my opinion on like how I view gaming. Like if you I still have yet to play Elden Ring, but I have it. And I haven't played any Souls game. I started Sekiro. That's like the only one I started. Mm -hmm. But I understand how difficult those games are. And I know that there are people out there who say that they can't go back and finish a game like Sekiro because of how hard it is. If you can't go back and play a game like that, you will not be able to like control your mental when it comes to a fighting game. Because you have to be able to learn. You have to be able to adapt. You got to learn how to keep pushing forward because you may have fight somebody once online and you may have been able to beat them easily. But the next person you come across may not be that simple to beat. And that's where the adaptation comes in. That's where the learning comes in. That's where the discipline comes in. You have to be able Mm -hmm. to control your composure. So I think, in my opinion, the the main thing that you can do in order to like mentally prepare yourself for a fighting game is to play a game where you just like to learn to like control your like move and be able to press forward with like difficult situations. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's all it's always about the respect. You know, even if you even if you lose in a fighting game, there is going to be someone that will be like, you did a good job. And that's good mm-hmm. encouragement for them to be like, you can actually still go further. Just work on, I don't want to say crap, but just keep working on your gameplay, working on your skills. You know, there is someone out there who is lesser um, than you because they haven't started the game or they're having a hard, tar- hard time learning and stuff. And mm-hmm. you could be someone who ends up teaching them and everything mm-hmm. uh so uh speaking of dark souls i always have this uh discussion uh for people who could play dark why people could play dark souls and stuff but they can't play ghouls and ghosts oh my god oh my like that's another game where like if you really like feel like you can discipline yourself playing that's mm-hmm. a uh, that's a very good one to like try to your mental at i've i don't think i've gotten past the second stage playing the ghouls and ghosts game because of how hard that fucking game is and it's literally two hits you're dead that's it it's two much, hits yes. dead. so play I, play I, play old games like that and then come play fighting games totally different i game. got I got mad at Ghouls and Ghosts on uh, Sega Genesis because I got to the end part and it said, nope, you got to redo everything when get the special weapon. I was just like, I got to what? 
its special weapon is is questionable content. Because <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. just like, this is not doing nothing. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know what? I turned the game off. Be like, I got far enough. I see everything that That's I need it. to see. I'll watch it later on in life. In, in yeah. But like, I'm always humble. Like, I, I get my tail beat in Smash and, and I crack mm-hmm. and I crack up. But I love playing, like, you know, getting my tail beat even in Mario Kart. I have fun with mm-hmm. that and stuff. And I know I'm not the best at competitive games, but it's the engagement that I'm having. It's the talking. It's the funny stuff that happens. You know, I'm about to win, and here go a blue shell that just blew me off the stage, and one yeah. of my friends win. And it's just like, we're putting the controller down, and we're cracking up. You know, it's and it's always that fun engagement. Like, if I ever got to get to a competitive level, that's a lot of time and focus yeah. um, that I would have to put in work. I would have to put in, and you know, I could do that and everything. But I'm like, I don't want to miss all these other games that's coming out and everything. But I'm, but I'm going to root, you know, people on, and I think that's why it's important that we we've been talking about esports and having more visibility. Um, mm-hmm for it because I'm like, we hear about these events, but we don't get to see them. Like, I don't even think ESPN promotes them. A lot of video game websites don't promote it, and I wish they did. I wish we were able to treat it almost on a hype level of a Nintendo Direct or something. You know, that we could be, be like, oh, y'all y'all getting your snacks ready to watch Evil? They about to clown the Street Fighter. Let's see who... I want more of that, and I just don't see that. I wish there was more. I think, like, right now, when you look at uh, the bigger events, Combo Breaker, CEO, Evo, uh, you got Evo Japan now. Um, overseas, you have uh, Biennality, which is a big one. Um, I've never I think heard there's of that one. one. Yeah, Viennality overseas is a big one. Um, I think Clash of the Olympians is pretty big. That's one that's held in Greece. Uh, we're starting to get uh, Africa represented, even though um, one of the biggest things that's always contentious is that there's no servers in Africa for people to like play online properly. So they're always like mm-hmm. bouncing off of like different, uh, I think, European servers or whatever. Um, but there's a um, the international aspect of esports in general, not just fighting games, but just esports in general, it leads to having more sponsorship opportunities. And I'm not talking about just for players. I'm talking about for these uh, events to be held. Like right mm-hmm. now, um, Chipotle is a big sponsor of Street Fighter Six. Right now, they were giving out free uh, tokens like in-game tokens for uh, ordering Chipotle. Um, I think uh, CEO had a sponsorship with uh, Amtrak and you were able to get a a discount to catch the train to get to CEO from Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So some people like, some people will like fly into Orlando and then catch the train over to uh, Daytona, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there's, I think when it comes to like the sponsorship st- uh, side of things, 
I don't think the advertising will ever get there because if you remember a few years back, they put Evo on um, ESPN. Evo is like the WrestleMania fighting games. Yes. The viewership, the viewership for Evo on ESPN on a primetime slot during the weekend did terrible numbers as it relates to what you would want on TV at that time. People were tuning in and like, why is why is ESPN showing video games on my screen and all this other stuff? And one of the things that you got to realize is that Evo and fighting games in general are a very niche group. Mm-hmm. Overwatch is huge. League of Legends is huge. None of those games got that opportunity to get on that stage of ESPN, but fighting games did. So it wasn't like the attempt wasn't there, but the mainstream has to accept it. And that's always going to be like the big thing. Can the mainstream actually accept the fact that like these things are worth watching? Can they really appreciate the time and effort that these people can uh are putting in to be great at these games can they really appreciate the effort that it takes to play these games at this level with this much pressure on you and i don't think that the stigma of video games will ever like be looked at as something as serious like football like basketball like baseball where people seeing like legit like athletes who look like they should be playing the sport versus uh some like regular kid off the street just holding the controller like they're not going to get that same visual respect that a, a actual pro athlete would even though these guys are actually training in these games like athletes so mm-hmm. i think that <sighs> that that the stigma of video games is just for people to like just press buttons has to be broken in order for that to like actually happen. It's gradually increasing. Uh, like right now there's a, uh, tournament going on in Saudi Arabia for Tekken right now. And they're playing for a million dollar prize pool. So granted this is Saudi money. So Saudi can afford to do this, but not everywhere else can afford to do this. And plus it's an invitational. Invitationals will always get like those big sponsorships like Red Bull, like this thing that's going on over in Saudi Arabia right now. Um, Invitationals is where the money is at. If you remember, what was it? E-League that they had on uh, TBS, like Mm -hmm. those did numbers, but you have to get on a stage to where I think invitationals could be the thing that breaks through and like make these things like popular. But in terms of like open bracket style, like you would see like ECT, uh, which is East Coast Throwdown, which has, uh, which is another like big one. They have like the dopest uh, prize too. You get like, you get like a record plaque. Uh, that looks like a platinum selling record with the video game on it. It's nice. such a dope look. It's such a dope ass uh, trophy. Like you could just hang up in your uh, house. But when 
you see these events and you uh, see what the TOs are doing behind the scenes to make these things uh, look as presentable to put on the show that they do. Uh, like one of the big things now is like them having their own custom soundtracks for their events. Like it, there are certain things that the TOs are doing to like bring more exposure, to bring more mainstream, to make their stuff more like appealing to like the more casual audience, but the casual audience has to buy in. And mm-hmm. without the casual audience buying in, like no matter how much like you try to like present a pro- uh present a a product to somebody, that audience has to buy in. So it's like you got to find some way to make these people look at this and say, "Yo, this is something worth checking out." I don't know what I don't know what you can do in the grand scheme of video games to make that appeal happen, let alone fighting games, which is already like as niche as it is. Cause like, think about it. 6,000 people right now is the estimated number that signed up to play street fighter six. The game has been out a month and 2 million people have bought that. So take 6,000 out of 2 million people who've actually bought this game you're already at a very small number of people who are actually signing up to actually play this game competitively. And like I said earlier, out of those 6,000, 3,000 of them are not going to be good enough to even win a single game. So the number shrinks even more. So it's going to be very difficult to get like the mainstream casual audience to buy in on something like that. And what it's going to take, I don't know. Will we ever see it? I have no idea. Uh, a lot of people don't like celebrity crossovers um, because they feel like it devalues like what people are trying to do as it relates to the game. But I'm like, yo, if this is bringing in eyes to the product, if this is going to get somebody to tune in to like mm-hmm. see something going on, like I can tell you right now, one of the things that happened in wrestling, you bring Bad Bunny into WWE. Bad Bunny is the number one guy on Spotify. He brought more eyes to a product on a nationwide scale, on an international scale, than wrestling had ever had before. If you tell these people that Bad Bunny is going to show up and sit down and play Street Fighter against Daigo, people will tune in just because it's Bad Bunny. They have no idea where Street Fighter is, but because Bad Bunny is going to sit down and play this game, they're going to watch. So yeah. you might have to get some type of like crossover appeal like that in order to get it. But what TO out there has the money to bring in somebody like Bad Bunny to like sit down and play a video game for like 30 minutes? Like it's not one of those things that you can easily just like say, yo, we can do this. So it's going to it's going to take something like that in order to bring eyes to the product. What it will be, I have no idea. But I'm pretty sure that if you get, like, the right backing, uh, Mm -hmm. Evo would be the best stage out of any of them that could do it, especially because now that they're backed by Sony because Sony owns Evo now or part of Evo. Maybe they could throw some dollars towards somebody on their, like, movie uh, like sets or whatever to come in and do something. Who knows? But, yeah, I think that's what it's going to take. It's going to take something of that scale to bring eyes to the product. Well, before we wrap up, I got three questions I, w- I got to ask you. All right. First first question. What is your favorite snack or 
breakfast meal or dinner or whatever. Like, what is the what is that thing that energizes you, eating wise? Uh, whether you're about to play a game during the game or like after you finish a good like practice or good set of uh, playing games, you got to get your snack on. Like, what is that one snack? Yeah, if I had to pick <laughs> one snack, one snack. I am a baked goods like fiend. So <laughs> if I have like a cupcake or a slice of cake or like a donut or even though donuts mm. are fried, I don't care. Like if I have something like that, it, it's going to like just set me off. Like because those are like my favorite things. Like I love baked goods, fresh cookies uh mm. anything like not the pack not like oreos no i'm talking about like something straight out the bakery where it's like the 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 cookie looks like the size of a paper plate like that's the kind of stuff <laughs> that i like uh we got we got uh mrs fields cookies and oh goodness the soft chocolate chip cookies mm-hmm. okay uh second question what is a bad fighting game to you? Like, or what makes a bad fighting game? And would you ever go to a tournament of bad fighting games just to see how people play them? I would definitely go watch a bad fighting game tournament because terrible fighting games make for great entertainment. Um... I have seen plenty of them. Uh, there's this one group called um, Vortex Gallery. Mm-hmm. And they literally hosted a... Uh, it's a big community uh, thing that they did. And they allowed different people to host their own tournaments and stuff. So one of the games that they had was this pixelated dinosaur fighting game and no no it wasn't primary it was something i never heard of before and like the dinosaur was like there was like a t-rex that was green and there was a triceratops that was like purple and they were just fighting each other and it was like the weirdest looking thing it was like some i don't know if this was pc or 16 bit or what yeah, it has to be but, PC because I'm like, other than Rampage, I really don't know. But this game, like, the the Triceratops got this guy in the corner and, like, he knocked him in the air and he just would not let him come back to the ground and he just killed him. And I was like, yo, this is, like, the most messed up thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I have never played any game like that personally. So I couldn't really answer, like, what is a bad fighting game, but I have, like, heard stories and I have seen like plenty of examples of bad fighting games, but uh, in terms of me playing any, the worst fighting game I think I have played personally. <sighs> you haven't I played have... Rise of the Robots? Nah, I haven't. Okay. It'd be hard for me to like think like off the top of my head like what was the worst fighting game I played? Shaq Fu. I'd have I'd have to go. Oh, Shaq Fu was bad. Shaq Fu was. I I would like if I'm going off the top right now, it'd probably be Shaq Fu. 
outside of like some like random sports game, like some random like mm-hmm. uh, boxing game. I guess the old UFC games kind of count the Pride FC games because they had health bars. Ooh. So yeah, no. Those those were pretty damn broke back then. So I'm, I'm going to go with one of those. I know there's one of them out there that's pretty bad. Whereas, like, you can just come in and hit somebody twice and kill them. And so, yeah, I'm going to go with one of those. Okay. And last but not least, Black Gamer League. Mm-hmm. Throws a fighting tournament. Mm-hmm. And you get to choose three fighting games. What are you choosing? Killer Instinct, Sam Shaw, and Street Fighter Six. Easy. Oh wow. Easy. <laughs> there's no debate. There's no question. There's like there's no thing that can like deter me from that. Those will be the three games that I would put out there. And I think that those three games would provide you with the most variety of what you would see on screen. Like, I'm not a tag fighter guy. So, like, I know, like, there would be people out there that would want to see, like, Dragon Ball Fighters or whatever like that. But if I was to host a tournament, if it was my own personal thing, those would be the three. But if I wanted to cater to, like, the grander audience out there, you have to go with the big three. Guilty Gear, Tekken, and uh, Street Fighter. You would have to go with those three. Those would be the ones that bring in the most people. But if I'm doing one personally, Sam Show, Killer Instinct, and Street Fighter Six. All right. Well, Blaze, thank you. Where can people find you and how can they get involved into the Black Gamer League? Well, you can get on uh, Black Gamer League. Um, We have a Discord. Uh, I want to make sure I get the right title for the actual Twitter because I know it's abbreviated sometimes. It's BLK or Black Gamer League. So, yeah. So, for Black Gamer League, it's BLK gamer league uh you can find us there on twitter uh i want to say it's the same on instagram as well i don't know if we're on threads yet but uh everybody's got a thread account now um if you're looking for me blaze 187 ace on any platform i pretty much like have that thing on lock i should trademark it by now uh, but if you look up Blaze, the numbers one eight seven, and then the letters A C E, that's how you find me on any platform. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch, like any. You type that in, you're gonna see me. All right. Well, Blaze, thank you for joining me for the spotlight, having this discussion about mm-hmm. fighting games. Trudy, I I learned a lot. Uh. Once again, she's a rage, everybody. Just the mo- that's why I passed out. The moment you said that, I got getting you showed the box. Like people who gonna watch this video who know me know how hard I love she's a rage and Street Rage is the one. It's it the, is one. the one. I, I can't believe you got that collector's for Xbox. I don't know. Um because I don't think the, no limited run didn't make it, did they? I don't think it was limited run. I think it was um it might have been. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But I don't think it was Limited Run because Limited Run barely does anything for Xbox. For Xbox, yeah. Now let me. I think no. You know what? Now that I think about it, I bought that from. It was a distributor over in the UK. <gasps> because I had to pay international shipping for it. That's how I remember. Oh, wow. 
I had to pay international shipping. So yeah, like I said, I love Streets of Rage. I paid international shipping in order to get that. So that lets you know how much I love it. <laughs> I'm named after a character from that game. And yes, she is that girl. So, she yeah. is that girl. I love Blaze so much. Oh, we, mm-hmm. we gotta talk about this another day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you, Blaze. Everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on Boss Rush Spotlight. Bye, everybody. Peace. If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Boss Rush Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. The Boss Rush Podcast is a product of Boss Rush Media LLC and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. This show is produced, written, and directed by me, Corey Dierig. My co-hosts are Stephanie Klimov, Laurent Dawkins, and Edward Varnell. You can find Stephanie at Klimov underscore author on Twitter and Instagram, as well as on the EXP cast. You can find Laurent at Exodus803 on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, and also on Crossroads, the video game podcast. You can find Edward at ThatRetroCode on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting Nintendo Power Block. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Corey in HD and find me hosting Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast, and co-hosting Nintendo Power Block. Find the Boss Rush podcast on all social media platforms at Boss Rush Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.